0: Here we are at and Market. Fifty years ago, on June 28th, newspapers reported an unexpected act of resistance at a mafia-run bar on Christopher Street in New York City. The several days of protests and demonstrations that ensued are collectively known as the Stonewall Riots. They marked a turning point in the gay rights and liberation movement. It is also why June is celebrated worldwide as Pride Month. So what does Pride Month mean? In the words of the Human Rights Campaign, Pride Month is the only occasion where people who identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, intersex, queer, or any type of sexual or gender minority can be out and proud in their community. Therefore, Pride festivals and parades that occur during the month celebrate the progress that the LGBT community has made, but also recognize the distance this community still has to go to achieve full equality. Potter Market is recognizing the importance of this month to many residents of Newark by holding two episodes focused on LGBT issues a quick note I will be using LGBT as a shorthand this is not meant to exclude one of the great difficulties with addressing LGBTQI plus issues and discussing them is the inherent reductiveness of labels often the words queer gay lesbian LGBT etc are used interchangeably I will do my best to use the correct specific term and apologize preemptively if I conflate or mistakenly use any of these terms this particular episode is really close to my heart. My two guests here are here to share their coming out stories. Coming out um, is a very hard thing to do. It's also not one singular event for most people. Coming out can mean coming out to your parents. It can mean coming out to your community. It can also mean coming out internally to yourself. And all these are different stories and deserve different narrations. Here I have two guests with me. One of them is a former student of mine. Her name is Bella Philippe. Another is a close friend of mine from growing up, Christian Valentine Gladden. And I'm going to turn it over to each of them first to introduce themselves. Uh, Bella?
1: I'm Bella. Okay. The 22-year-old. <laughs> I identify as a lesbian. Um, currently switchboard operator. Don't do anything that great. But, you know, trying to put my best <laughs> foot forward.
2: And I am Christian Valentine Gladden. I am a North Public Schools teacher and... Um, I know Manny years ago, like 15 years ago was the last More, time we saw each other, actually, right? Yeah,
0: that's the last time we saw each other, <laughs> but we've known each other a long, yes, much longer than a
2: really that. long time, and I'm just really happy to be here right now to tell my story.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start off with, um, I want to ask each, and either one of you can jump in, um, what does coming out mean to you? Um, is that a single moment? Is that multiple moments? Is there one story that you have that you tell people?
2: Um, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on this. Um, Coming out for me happened in many different stages, and I think you touched upon that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I came out to myself at a really young age. I always knew that I was a little different. Uh, I was unique. Um, I like things a certain way (laughs) uh, from the norm, I guess, and I'm using air quotes there. But I always felt that I was different. I'm coming out was a difficult time for me Uh, being a Latino um, raised in a Catholic type of setting I mean we were not super religious but it was a little difficult Um, and coming out with a brother who was super athletic and into sports and not to say that there are no gay people into sports and that you know Things like that. However, uh, I remember playing for the St. Francis Xavier Little League. Oh, we both? Oh, yeah. Yes. What
0: team were you on? I can't even uh,
2: remember. <laughs> well, I was on the gayest name team ever called the Musical Wizards. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so see how it all came full circle? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I remember playing baseball, and I hated it. I hated playing baseball. But my mom said, nope, you're going to play baseball at least for one year. But I wanted to play handbells at First Avenue School, yep. you know? Um, so that was, that was a, a big moment for me. I mean, realizing then, I think I was about 10 years old, that uh, this is different. Uh, I don't like to do the other things that I see other boys doing. Um, and I don't know, that's when I first realized it. I actually
0: wanted to ask quickly mm-hmm. um, about that thing you mentioned, which is talking about what other boys like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just purely um, a sexual attraction or for you was it a larger cultural thing? Coming it was, a,
2: yeah, I, I I believe it was a larger cultural thing. I mean, I remember in our school, I don't know if you recall at First Avenue, anyone else being, you know, or acting, you not know, a
0: single person, right, not yeah. a
2: single person. I mean, I didn't know you were, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I just knew that I was different myself. Um, I know that I, again, I didn't do the norms. Uh, yeah. And I think we briefly talked about this earlier that, you know, yeah, I had girlfriends, but more so, I wanted to be their BFFs, you know? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really want to date them. I just wanted to be their best friend maybe do their makeup one day. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, that was just one of the parts of me identifying myself. It was, it, it was a defri- a dif- uh, definitely a turning point right there around age 10. I mean, before then, of course, when I look back in retrospect, like, yes, I was always different. But right around that time, mm-hmm. I really realized it.
0: So sticking with that, uh, Bella, I want to ask you specifically about coming out to yourself. Do you have any memories of that or under, was that a gradual thing? Um,
1: I don't know. I'm caught somewhere in between cause it's like, I kind of knew that I was, but at the same time I'm like, no, this, this can't be it. Maybe I'm just trying to imitate my sister cause my sister's also, um, you know, she identifies as queer. Um, but you know, it was like that one thing, you know, I, there was women in magazines and I'm like, wow, I like looking at these, (laughs) you know, I was looking at guys and I'm like, "Mm, no, there's something there. Right. And then, you know, I kind of like neglected it for so long. And then once I got into like the eighth grade, the seventh grade is when I was like, yeah, there's something really different about me. I don't, I can't, I can't hold this. Like what, what is going on? And then that's when I started looking into these things and like, so, you know, what do you call women who like women? Mm-hmm. That, that was that was an interesting time in my life.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's funny. Just bring my own experience. I remember you being very vocal, at least at the age of fourteen, is when you were a student of mine.
1: Uh, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah,
0: yeah 14. yeah. fourteen, fifteen, and you were definitely not shy about it. So no,
1: because that's after all the BS came and went. You know, that was mm, that was rough.
0: So, if you don't mind, can we talk about what is that BS?
1: Oh well, when I and again, there are so many different types of coming out. You know, the first time I came out was of course myself. And then that's when I just kind of said, you know, okay, you are a lesbian, you are gay, like don't neglect that fact, you're neglecting yourself. So I started talking to some of my, what I called friends, back in elementary school, and I was, started to talk to this one girl, and then we dated for about six months, but we didn't tell anybody. You know, nobody knew she was gay, nobody knew I was gay. Mm. And standing in lunch one day, they were all asking, they were like, so, we're hearing some rumors. And I was like, oh, rumors are great. Rumors are lovely. And then I, yeah, I told him, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a lesbian.
2: Wow, you, so you said it out. I said it. Just like that.
1: And Good they're like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. And then all of a sudden, the week following, nobody wanted to change in front of me in gym period because we all had to change in the same gym. Yep. It, everything just kind of went really sour. You know, we went on our eighth grade trip. I had one person that stood around with me. Everybody else neglected me. They started bullying me and making fun of me. It was just, it was terrible. I was dying to get out of that school just to get away from these people to the point where I I wanted to give up. I was like, I don't even want to go to high school in this city anymore. I want to leave. But then high school happened. And that's where I met you. Mm -hmm. And that was a great day. It was the very first day of school.
2: Oh, very, really? it was that
1: very first day of school oh, wow. and somebody had made a nasty comment and it was either oh that's gay or yeah. oh you faggot which you know that word first and foremost is that that's really harsh but then you jumped in and you're like hey that's offensive to some people and that's when i jumped in and i was like you know what he's absolutely right and i kind of raised my hand and i was like i take personal offense because i'm gay right like that hurts my feelings and at that time, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I still didn't know. <laughs> and then that—that's when I came out again to this new community of people in my school because we were way more than just peers at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we—we we were family for those four years, and you were only with us for the one.
2: But yeah. So that was high school, right? That was in yeah. high school. Yeah. So my second coming out was also in high school. Yeah. Yeah, it was at Arts High School. Shout out Arts High Jaguars. Woo! Um, honestly. That's when I really found myself. It was when I found those people that are kind of like you. I mean, we're all different, right? Oh yeah. But that share those same interests, or you know, are welcoming. If at in middle school, we didn't have that. But once I got to arts high school, it was a completely different thing. I mean, I, my my friends. You know, I still call them my best friends. I may not see them all the time, mm-hmm. but thank you so much, Stephen and Vito, for staying by me. Like, wow. Like, without them, I don't know if I could have made it. And I think we helped each other. Um, And we never really said, hey, I'm gay. You're gay, too? Oh, you're gay, too? Oh, we all like boys. Cool. No, it was not like that. It was just like, we all kind of just knew. We didn't have to say it at all. Um, And it it felt good. But I also felt like I was also living two different lives. I don't know about you. I was living two different lives at school. And then when I would come home, it'd be a completely different different Christian. You know, it was just like, I'm living this cool high school life. Yeah, I mm-hmm. could be who I am. Yeah, I'm holding hands with my best friend, uh, Stephen. Not Stephanie. <laughs> you know? And when I got home, it was, how was school? It was good, Mom. Oh, yeah? Did you make friends? Yeah.
0: Did uh, Was oh, arts yeah. a safe space? And I want to ask this about Big Picture, Ironbound, later oh, Eastside. Yeah. Did you feel, and these are two very different campuses, but mm-hmm. for you, Christian, do you feel arts high school was a safe space?
2: Absolutely. I mean... The teachers there were so welcoming. I mean, uh, a good teacher, uh, dance teacher, Ronnie Carney, who's still there, um, he really helped us and just embraced us and said, be you. I remember him saying that. As soon as I walked into his dance room, and I was not a dance major, I played French horn, um, but I walked in and he could see it, that I was going through something, and I just remember him saying, be you, be you. Just do whatever you want, be you. And I was like, oh, this is different. Be you. I've never heard that before, that phrase, that simple two-word phrase, be you. And it made me feel so welcomed, and it was just a great experience at Arts.
0: How about Eastside High?
1: I feel like, in big picture, I feel like we had more support than Eastside as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, Eastside being as big as it was, I feel like people just kind of got thrown around any which way. It's like, you are, you're not, it doesn't matter to us, we just want you to pass. You know, Whereas in big picture, we had that support. You know, we had teachers like Manny and Liana and everybody who was just like, yeah, you're going to be what you are. Like, you're gay. That's cool. You're a nerd. That's cool. (laughs) You know, you just want to sit in the back of the class and, you know, throw your life away. That's fine, too. But, you know, we all left that school with some kind of knowledge. And those are the memories that I think we've kept all of us as a class, which I think is really cool. You know, we don't talk to anybody anymore, really, but from... My perspective, me and my best friend Morella, we're still friends from then, right. and you know when we talk, it's a year, two years apart, but she's still like you're my best friend. I remember doing this in high school. I remember doing that in high school. And we were all over the place, and I think we had the support there.
0: I, I this relates to what I want to ask, but and, and just specifically staying with the high school, I think there are other areas we're going to talk about later in the episode. But what do you think high schools? And I know they've changed a lot lately. But what do you think high schools can do to help reinforce um, those kind of spaces. Like, is there something you think your school was missing that would help you be more comfortable in saying certain things about yourself?
2: Absolutely, I mean, as a teacher in Newark, I believe that, and I think they just passed a law for the New Jersey curriculum Mm -hmm. to include Yes, I think that's uh, important. Gay history, LGBTQ history. Um, I think that just needs to be infused a little bit more. I mean, I wish it was when when I was in school, Um, But now that I'm teaching, I definitely try to pull in certain things. Of course, I'm a little cautious um, when I talk about maybe coming out to my students. That's another story. But Uh, you teach sixth graders. And I teach sixth graders, middle schoolers. um, But I do feel like at least starting earlier, the better, uh, just infusing some of that. LGBTQ history. Just talk about it. I feel like it was just like hidden, even at arts. Yeah. I mean, yes, again, it was welcoming. Teachers spoke about it, but after class, it was not infused into anything. Uh, but I think I saw on the news that Eastside just raised their first uh, rainbow flag. So I believe I just I just read that not so long ago.
1: Oh, that I really wouldn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be very proud of them if they were. I
2: believe the uh, the president of the BOE, her son is gay. So she, you know, I think she had that along with another BOE member. Um, and I think they did.
0: I want to ask about, it's funny you mentioned that you're a sixth grade teacher. Yes. And it's always interesting that we never have to do the reverse for um, heterosexual straight couples. Why do you think it's weirder to talk about the fact that you're you're married to your husband?
2: Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm always hesitant. First of all, I don't, L- like to talk about my personal life too much with my mm-hmm. students, so that's that. However, I do, when I, when they ask me, oh, what are you doing for a holiday or vacation? Oh, I'm, I'm with my husband. I'm not going to lie
0: mm-hmm.
2: who I am, and sometimes their faces get a little bit, you know, like, oh, well, you're gay. I'm like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> you know, um, but I think it, it it is difficult, and I think it's because of some of the parents, you know, um, especially where I teach at now, Uh, It's really like um, a lot of different ethnicities and cultures are at the school I teach at, um, and they have really strong beliefs. I remember once uh, a parent even asked me to take out a book from my library. Uh, I forgot the name of the book. Oh, it's
0: like Remove It? Yes,
2: from my classroom library, because it um, spoke about um, a a child who wanted to play uh, Charlotte from Charlotte's Web, but he was a boy. Mm. Um, I forgot the name of the book, but um, I remember sitting there during the parent-teacher conference and saying why do you think this book should not be in my library and that parent was like because it's offensive they should not be knowing about uh, anything about sex and I was like well it's not really talking about sex it's talking about a kid who's trying to find himself or herself you know this is this is the reality of what we're living and you don't know who's in my classroom that may be feeling like that and I'm sorry I'm not gonna take it out of my library. Um, and it caused a little bit of a, uh, you know, riff, but my, my administrators were very supportive, and they said, no, leave that book. We need more books that are relevant for today, you know? So it, it's, it's really tricky, Manny. It's, 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 you know, I don't say, oh, hi, guys. My right. name is Mr. Valentin Gladden, and I am a gay man. Right. No, but when they do ask, hey, what are, you, what are you doing this, you know, Christmas vacation? Oh, I'm with my husband. We're going to go see his family, something like that.
0: Are you the only faculty member? um,
2: That I know of. (laughs) At at your site. At my site, yeah, that I know of.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So I I wanted to also, let's talk about like outside the educational context, because I think this is an even larger issue outside of in high school. But who else, what other situations did you have to come out in and how was that handled? Um, Maybe saving the biggest for a lot towards the end of the episode, but like, Maybe in your workplace, Bella, or or in your social circle?
1: Actually, at my job, we're all really kind of okay with it. Like, there are more LGBT under this rainbow at my job than I thought there were. And there's people that come around the corner, and it's like, wow, I did not know that. You know, my best friend, uh, she she is also gay. And I did not know until a couple of weeks ago when... You know, we just happened to stumble upon each other on the internet. And I was like, wow, okay. It's like you either support or you're also on the team. So which one of the two? And the discussions ensued. (laughs) But uh, no, Kessler's really supportive of everybody. We're very inclusive. Um, You know, we see a lot of different things. We see a lot of different people coming through there. So I think... LGBT is just scratching the surface when it comes to how deep some of these people's problems could be. Mm. So we're we're pretty good.
2: I always find it interesting when like your boss assumes that you're straight. You oh know, my like God. my boss. I remember coming in in September, last September, and my boss like, oh, what you do, what did you do with your wife? And I, it's always like that silent pause for a second, and then I go, my husband and I, we went to Dominican Republic.
0: Like, <laughs> Are you not on social media? Like, it's pretty
2: obvious. <laughs> you know but it's it's always like that challenging thing when your boss assumes or someone in your job oh yeah uh, assumes like oh he's straight right
0: i mean we're also into second or third generation issues where the assumptions are now cis and binary right and uh when i say binary i mean binary uh, sexual orientations right and right. the assumptions are now even like like what pronouns are your partner using and people are just assuming as well it's oh oh he's just gay therefore they must have all, they must all be men or mm-hmm. um and I'm wondering to bring this back a little bit, like, is it a constant coming out? Like in a constantly in new situations, is there ever a point where you feel that things have like, not i saying normalized, cause that's too, that's too weird of a word to use, but um, is it just background noise to you for this point? Or is it still something that takes effort to talk about?
1: No, if somebody asks me, I just, I'll just blurt it out. Even if it's just anyone, if it's anybody, if you come up to me and you're curious, then I'll I'll give you a straight answer. No pun intended. (laughs) I see what you did. No pun intended there. I mean, that was great, but uh, no, I just you ask, I will tell. Like, why not? I mean, it's. Is there ever a
0: situation though where you won't? Like, I'm trying to imagine, like, in the broader because I feel like we maybe have moved on as a society, but I feel like there might be, and I'm not trying to force you into an answer. Oh no, but there's situations where like. Maybe it's like an old person's home and you just know it's just not going to fly over well or something weird. No,
1: I mean, unless you're big threatening and look like you're about to hurt me, then yeah. no. Yeah, I'm trying to, exclude,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I actually want to exclude violent situations
2: or situations where you right. fear
0: violence. I, I'm talking about more of just
2: social just awkwardness. Just social, then no. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was one time at, I was at a barbecue at a friend's house and his grandfather uh, assumed that I was just s- straight and I kind of rolled with it for a while because I, you know, I was the only one at the barbecue at the time in the section where we were at that spoke Spanish. So he mm. felt comfortable with me. He was an elder man. Um, and he was like, Oh, you know, how's your girlfriend? And I just kept saying, She's good, like saying she. But then after a while, I kind of, it hit me, like, Why am I hiding? And I said, No, my husband's right there. Ryan's right over there. And his face just completely changed. And I was like, Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I don't regret it, you know, right. like. I mean, it's easier said than done for some people, but for me, it's always work. I know for you, Bella, it's not, but for me, I I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. I feel like I just have to, it's like peeling off like a a band aid. And when I just have to say it, but then I do, I feel so much better after saying it. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so good. Like it's done. Yes, I'm gay. My husband's over there, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, you brought up something very interesting that I completely slipped my mind, and I actually Mm. want to talk about this. So, uh, are you guys both okay with me sharing your um ethnic backgrounds? No, not at all. So, um Bella is of Portuguese descent and uh Christians of
2: uh pu- pu- Puerto Rican on both sides. Puerto Rican, yep. yeah. Actually, I did my ancestry, I'm a little bit of Portuguese. Oh. Okay. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I didn't I know, know that. I, you know. So, you can talk about Portuguese culture. clearly. <laughs>
0: um, but the reason why I bring it up is both cultures um have very liberal elements in it. Um my cousins in Portugal are all pretty very like left-wing. Mm-hmm. Um and I Puerto Rican um and, um they they are, tend to vote very Democrat, tend to be very um, into um, social justice issues. But on the flip side, both of those cultures have very very strong right. masculine oriented. Yes. When I say masculine, I mean cis, you yes. know, masculine oriented um, cultures. How does coming out operate in that? And uh, you mentioned the barbecue, but um, you know, how does that operate when you're when you're queer or gay in Portuguese, or when you're you know, lesbian and Puerto Rican? I don't know. Like, how does that operate
1: well i mean there was a good example when i told my mother
0: <laughs> yeah the big one i was going to when say i that told later, but my yeah.
1: mother um that wasn't too bad i mean i could have been my sister where she almost got a coffee mug thrown in her head i was almost mm-hmm. hit in the head with a carton of eggs
0: not a wood spoon really no
1: not a wooden spoon we're, not a wooden <laughs> we were at Shoprite. there no. were no wooden spoons to be found we were in wrong the wrong aisle yes <laughs> Uh, had we been in that aisle, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> I, I'm more scared of the wooden spoons than a couple of eggs on my head. I,
0: you saved it for the paper towel and toilet <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yes.
1: But she she did not take that well. And I'm like, oh, you want me asking, why, we're, we're, you were at ShopRite, you said? Yeah. And why? why ShopRite? I, no, we were just, we were there. And this is actually after that whole thing happened uh, in the eighth grade where everybody started bullying me. Oh. And it, it was that weekend because I lived with my grandmother and I would go home and see my parents so we were all hanging out and i'm like okay um moms fix boo-boos so mommy fixed this boo-boo it's like i'm uh, I'm, I'm gay like you know and i'm feeling and i'm I'm actually tearing up god because it, it hurt you know uh and that was that was traumatic i mean we're, we were roman catholic and we're like, no, no to the gay, no, no lesbian, no nothing of this. Okay. And I'm sitting here like, wow, I am definitely going to hell. <laughs> so it, it, it's not good. I mean, none of my family in Portugal knows that I am gay. Um, my grandmother recently found out and she's still trying to get me to date another man. She was so happy back in 2017 yeah. when I dated that one guy. She was like, "Oh, that's exciting," and I'm like, "Grandma, you, this isn't, like, this isn't actually going to happen. This guy's like my best friend, like, you know, we could go out and work on the car, and that was great. She thought that we were going to get married, and you know, it's just they weren't okay with that.
0: I, I don't want you to have to psychoanalyze people you come out to, but I'm wondering why do you think it's hard? Like, where do you think that's coming from? I, I, don't, I don't mean that that's your responsibility to think about that, but what where, 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 where do you think is that, the disconnect there?
1: I think everybody is just, when it comes to the religious part of this, it's like, well, our God said this, mm-hmm. so we have to live by his rules. And then when it comes, you know, you're out of the church. There was one time I really got my mother good with that one, and I kind of dragged her out of religion for just a couple of minutes, and I was like, Mom, but I'm your daughter you know you gave birth to me i why is this not okay and i i think it came from fear mm-hmm. and i think that's an issue is people fear what's different it's i'm pretty sure that's that's where this this whole thing is just spanning from at least in my family
0: yeah my it's weird cuz my perspective has been that I, when i often see these conflicts play out particularly with other people is I don't like reducing it just to religion because I feel like a lot of people transcend that. Right. And it's not just like, just because someone read one line somewhere, not everyone's like, you know, so attached to Leviticus, whatever, whatever. Um, but I often think of it as fear. Like you mentioned, this is why I like that word a lot. It's often, they're afraid of what other people are thinking, which is really weird. It is. It's like, I'm like, as a parent, I'm afraid of what other people are going to think
2: of my, Child, and then think of my family, and then think yeah. Of yeah, us, yeah, and
0: our relationship, right. and whether or not I parented you well, right? Um, that's where I, 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 and obviously your experience is different. I don't want to say that's how your experience was, but that's what I, th- I often see, um, and that's what I often think it's coming from. Although I, I, I don't have that kind of experience to, to rely on and to talk about it.
2: Um, I don't know, Christian. Do you have anything similar to that? Affection? Actually. Um, fortunately, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Um, my experience was quite the opposite. I mean, thank goodness, like, there's a, there are gay people in my family. My uncle is gay. My aunt is gay. Um, the first person that I told in my family was my sister. Um, and then the second question I asked, well, first question I asked, did you know I was gay this whole time? And she goes like, yeah, duh. And then the second question I asked, does mom know? Of course, she's waiting for you to tell her. But I didn't tell my mother until um, I had a really bad breakup. And again, you're looking for mom to help you with your boo-boo, right? And um, I had a really bad breakup and I was home. I was crying, I was in my room. Uh, this was in college and I ran to my mother because I couldn't take it anymore. And she's like, what's going on? What happened? You know, what's going on? And I said, mom, uh, I, I, m- my boyfriend cheated on me and she just hugged me. She just hugged me. That was my coming out to her. She just hugged me and she wiped my tears and she embraced me and just kissed me and said everything's gonna be okay. Um, He's an a-hole. Explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody putting the ready on this one. And it just went from there and then of course Puerto Rican families they tell everyone my mother told everyone after that (laughs) I I, I think when the whole thing was done she told my aunt and my aunt told my other aunt and my aunt told my uncle and cousins knew and everyone knew so it was a little different for me um, on that end Um, it was but then again it was still hard because I didn't want to be the topic of people's conversations or walking into a room and saying Oh, how's everything Christian? How's your ex-boyfriend? I didn't want that. I didn't want that attention. Uh, you know like when my brother would break up with a girlfriend. No one asked him. Oh how's you know so-and-so? You know but they would ask me still. and I didn't want that uh, but you know I was very fortunate to have to have a, a, a mother who just understood me and and really just embraced me from the from the beginning. And she's my greatest ally to this day and I love her so much for that.
1: That's fantastic.
0: It's actually funny you talk about attention because I think that's often, I think a hard part for a lot of people um, is not wanting right. attention. And I'm wondering if either one of you could speak about that of just the weirdness, like gay stereotypes often are, particularly with, male, with cis males is of like being flamboyant and like extra femme and whatnot and like, constantly looking for attention, but I was wondering if either one of you could talk to that of like not wanting to have attention.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't want attention at all. I, no. I, I just wanted to be the I just wanted to walk in and not have to say, Oh, do something gay. You know, I mean even in college, like a lot of do a girls snap. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of girls would uh, you know, you know, gravitate towards me because I was this I'm this gay guy and, you know, we tend to be a little bit more I don't know wanna say fun. We are we're fun. <laughs> you know, they wanna be our friends. But I at, at some point, I didn't want to be that figure of, oh, do something gay. All right, say something or be, you know, clap back. And I, I, I'm just not that type of person. I, you know, I'm, I would say I'm a little conservative when it comes to being that, I hate to say, the stereotype of a gay guy. I just, I, I never liked that attention and I, I still don't.
1: No, I mean, I never liked the attention. Because you were a very loud period. student, I remember. I was. I was very loud. <laughs>
2: I was very loud. But, but you were a loud student because you were just a loud student. Not oh, I don't mean that because you
0: were gay. I mean, no, you were right. very vocal yes. about not. No, sorry. I, yes. I, I have, I have because I was just out fair. there.
2: I was, yeah. I was done with being
1: in the closet and just, no. I, I mean, knew
0: you were gay on day one. It was very funny.
1: If my best friend could walk around as straight as she is, yeah. I want to be able to walk around yeah. as gay as I am, okay? If I have to be big inflatable baby Trump, I'd be okay with that. But I'd prefer to be, you know, packed up into a box. I'm not doing anything crazy. I just, I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just me. You walk by me in the street and people go, yeah, look at her. She's so cute. Probably think I'm married with kids. Who knows? Mm. I mean, the attention, people who want attention will get attention. Doesn't matter what you are. You know, you could be just a paper box. If you want attention, you're a paper box with glitter in it. (laughs) Explodes. Yes. Yes. You know, when people steal you off the porch
0: yeah we're not walking rainbows no yeah people we're like, really not yeah when people talk about LGBT issues it's often um the rainbow's a very interesting um symbol because it gets at the idea of spectrum right, but it's also weird because it's a very also like associated with flamboyancy and like a lot of color and um that's always very interesting um when you wi- when, I'm wondering, actually I actually want to ask you about stereotypes, about like, what stereotypes have you had to confront? Which do you em- embrace, actually? Because sometimes stereotypes are also useful.
2: Absolutely. I mean, when I got married, I think people were looking, certain people were looking for rainbow flags at my wedding, and there was not one rainbow flag. You know, it, I, I, they were looking for, I don't know, Madonna on the sound system from the DJ, but stereotypes are always around. Uh, again, I go back to my friends in college. and would say, oh, do you like this or do you see this? And I'm like, no. But then certain stereotypes I embrace. I'm like, yeah, sometimes I am loud and, uh, and I could be a little forward. I mean, but I don't know if that's specifically a stereotype.
1: I just, I love, there's two lines. You don't look gay <laughs> and you're too pretty to be gay.
0: Oh, gosh. That's, th- the second one's just... Awful. It yeah. it really uh,
1: like I'm pretty what? anyway. Why can't I be pretty for my lady? I think you're beautiful. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I mean, I think I'm beautiful. Yes. Okay, and I've recently come to terms with that. You know, that was a whole other thing with the whole coming out that hmm. year. Is I would come into school with my hair done, my nails done. I looked good, and I'm gay. Hello, yeah. my name's Bella. Thank you. Yeah, and Jump even again. sometimes
2: <laughs> like my my straight friends, they would be like, well. You don't seem gay. And I was like, "Well, what does that look like? What is a lesbian supposed right. to look Am like? Am I, I supposed to know. walk
1: around like, yeah,
2: it, that always bothered me. I mean, you don't look gay, so what does that mean? I'm just me. I'm I'm Christian, you know, like not the religion. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> just the My same name, thing. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hello I'm more Yes. <laughs> you know, I I just that always irked me and I I I always make fun of them I was like well you don't seem straight to me and they're like well, what you
1: know? oh my god that's my favorite
2: <sighs> So actually so
0: We laughed, but, like, I want to ask this. Like, what's your relationship with religion after coming out? I mean, I know you both grew up in uh, culturally Catholic families or really, for one of you, explicitly practicing.
1: I will burst into flames if I work into a church. Mm. So I try not to, although I did go to a wedding and I was fine.
0: Everyone knows there's no gayer religion than the the, the Catholic faith. Uh, (laughs) Like, like, I mean, it's just very funny. Like, I I don't mean that in, like, I don't mean to poke fun at the church. But I, I mean in the sense of, like it is a church that is very embraceive of culture and like very very um performative and and um uh it's uh it's very unique in the way that it it, it tries to adapt itself um and it's not about speci- following specific biblical provisions in the way that a lot of evangelical protestant uh religions do but it, it this is a, a sticking point in the catholic faith and one that carries very much into the culture so i'm wondering like has it ever has anyone ever like and this could be brought the Catholicism, sure. but has anyone ever thrown the Bible at you figuratively or
2: literally? Um, <clears throat> yes. I mean, like elders in my family may have still, you know, they say things from the Bible. But, I mean, we had a pastor marry us uh, from a Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. And that was completely new to me. I mean, I'm not a religious person. I do have faith. Um, I do believe in God. Um, However... I'm not into church so much. I, I still pray and all that. My husband's the complete opposite. He does not believe in God. Mm. He's, you know, the universe and all this stuff. Um, and we respect each other's beliefs. But um, when we found uh, our pastor to marry us, you know, she she was so embracing. And later on, we found out that she was a lesbian. She never, had a, she never said it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, pe- we love you. People love you. Um, and that's what the church is more based on. And I don't want to go into, like, all like big religion stuff and, you know, but that's what she said. She's like, our church is about love and and acceptance and helping people get to the next level of belief and faith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can dig that, you know. So that's what kept my faith in, to be honest.
1: I mean, I sometimes I, I turn to him and I ask him questions and I ask him why, you know, he has a following that is so judgmental you know if he himself said you know we should not judge each other <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like where where does that come through you know you don't judge me i won't judge you but you're judging me really really harshly mm-hmm. yeah so you know I'll, I'll talk to him i have my moments sometimes i just want to throw the bible literally out the window but you know i just i put it into a higher power if something that i cannot control in my life i will give it to a higher power mm-hmm. i will put it out there in the universe and just you know hope that something comes from that
0: yeah I, I, it's always interesting to think about like p- people have a, a, I accept as an empirical matter that people have different um different desires right and like those desires do they come from nowhere? Maybe they're purely biological and just like it's atoms crashing into atoms and this is what we've you know, created mm-hmm. or what has been created in some sort of atheistic way. But let's, assume, let's presume that this is all created by a divine maker, right? Like this is the hardest part about it is why instill those desires in people, desires that feel true and honest, but you know, hold it against them. Right. Um, and I'm wondering like, is, do you feel that's an immutable part of yourself? Um, Like I understand I'm asking a question that is clearly (laughs) obviously yes, but I I, I think it's worth talking about and worth saying is like, what is it? Is there a way that you can describe that to people who might not understand about it? Because I think a lot of people approach it um, as if it's something you can, I kind of hate saying this because I don't think it's the way we should think about these things, but like something that you can change. You can't
2: right. change it. And uh, uh, we know that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, but how can you explain that? Because I feel like we could talk about science and whatnot, but right. is there another way to get at it that like, makes sense to someone who doesn't, for them, the science is not going to explain it? Would you
1: stop wearing boxers because people told you, you wanted, they wanted you to wear briefs? <laughs> right. You know, you, that, it just feels you more just, comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. And if you're sitting here and you're like, okay, I'm just going to conform to what you want. Like I tried that, it was hell.
2: Same. I remember, like, literally crying at one point in my life, uh, and this was maybe early high school, right before I met my friend. Just crying and saying, "I want to change. I want to be. I. I. I want to be straight. Like, stop these things in my head. Why am I attracted to Jack? You know, it, it. It was so. I tried. I. I did try. I mean, I even had a girlfriend at one point in high school, but just didn't feel right and. Those people out there that are are listening to this and saying, "Well, my son could change or my daughter could change," we can't change. We were. I hate to quote Lady Gaga. <laughs> we we, we, what, we are born miss? this way. Oh, go <laughs> we are. Poker. No, we <laughs> definitely we are born are. this way. Like this, we cannot change. This is something we cannot change. This is who we are. Um, I, I wish there was a better explanation. I don't know how to explain it. To be honest,
0: um, so actually, the, this is interesting. So. I want to ask about, because um, this, this is a Newark-based podcast. What is unique about coming out in Newark, both positively and not so positively, right? Because I'm wondering, like, I feel like it's often different, and I see faces being made <laughs> up by both my guests. <laughs> we have um, those faces on, man. I know. It's just like, I know this is unique, and we have to talk about, I, I, but I want us to talk about these issues, because I think Newark is both a very accepting place, but also a place where, you know,
2: it depends on the street. It depends on it depends the street. That's the, a good way of putting it. Depends it depends on, on the street, the ward, everything. Yeah. Uh, the Where you physically to. are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Newark, um, it was. N- it's not easy. It was yeah. not easy. I had a lot of uh, guy friends who always said things. They said the f word, and um, they called me girl. Sometimes, oh, you're such a girl. You know, why? Why do you throw like a girl or run like a girl? And I remember hating that. I remember just like. And they were my friends, so you know we're supposed to make fun of each other, but when it got to that, that really bothered me um, and even even as accepting as my mother is and embracing as she was during the time I came out to her, she would even say remarks that were hurtful, but I don't think she meant it. I think it was just kind of normal for her to say these things. Uh, you know, and just, and just say really mean things. It was not easy at, at some points. But then again, I went to a high school, public high school here in Nork, where it was the complete opposite. You know, it was accepting, it was loving, it was caring. Um, so Nork has both sides. And like, like we said, yeah. it just depends where we grew up and who we grew up around.
1: I grew up in the Ironbound, two mm. blocks away from east side. So it was all the old Portuguese ladies. You know, I used to walk out of there from since I was a little girl, pretty dresses, those lace socks. I was so cute, (laughs) and then they found out I'm holding hands with this chick because she's my girlfriend, not my best friend.
0: So let's talk about something, I'm sorry guests who are not Portuguese, but this is gonna be very, very relevant to the Portuguese one. What's the first question that anyone gets when they're at a party or visiting Portuguese people? Do you know this, or do you know what I'm getting at?
1: Are you married yet?
0: Yeah, or things nombrado. Yeah, or things namorado, right? Like, that's really the first question you get, and it's a weird question because at least one thing I like about American culture is that it's considered a weird question to ask someone about their dating life, whether they're cis and straight and whatnot, but like, it's a very weird... We were just
1: talking about this. Yeah. My grandmother asked if you were married.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, grandma. But yeah, it's very funny that certain cultures, like, often the first question is about romance, um, and that's considered culturally acceptable. Okay. And Newark, unlike, which is unlike a lot of other cities in this country, although there are some that are similar, we're a really big confluence of cultures coming from, from Africa, from South America, from Europe. Yes. Um, and now even Asia, we're starting to see a lot of South Asians and we're East Asians pod. move into Newark. Yeah, and they all bring that baggage with them, right? Oh, and yes. uh, I imagine that baggage has to play out somewhere in, in individual stories. Um, and it's funny that, you know, we talk about whether it's Puerto Rican or Portuguese, and I'm sure the, um you know, for an African-American uh, uh, um, um, young person, that also brings its own kind of baggage. Um, I wanted to ask, and this is relevant to, uh, sorry, similar to an earlier question, um, but in a different lens, um, is there someone that you won't come out to just to protect them?
1: I think I've come out to everybody who actually matters to me at this point. Um, so or, or, or
0: maybe in a different way. It's it's just not worth the, the drama, the, the yeah. pain, or whatever. I mean,
2: I think some coworkers I won't come out to. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, I won't lie. Again, I'm not going to lie. If they were to ask me, you know... Again, oh, how's your wife? I'm going to correct them and say, "My, I actually have a husband and he's doing well or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've done um, that a few times. But th- yeah, I do avoid some people just from, you know, some vibes I get. You know those people or something oh, they yeah. may have said. or um, I just don't want to get into that argument or... I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. That conversation with them, because I feel like it's really not going to go anywhere, and they seem set in their ways. And I don't know if it's my job to change their mind, or if I even should try to attempt to change their mind. I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to lie, but I don't, you know, just say, "Oh, I'm gay." By the way, let's continue with our grade level meeting. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I,
1: mean, I just I talk to people, and if it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know. The, I think the hardest person that i've had to tell was my grandmother uh the one that's still alive by the way because the other one never got to know Mm -hmm. which is it's really sad i mean now she knows clearly Uh, but coming out to my grandmother it was like but why but why and just Mm. constantly with the why and i was like i kind of wish i never told you now because then it's constantly oh but look at that guy he's really cute or what about this guy? Or this guy? You know, she tried to hook me up with Manny and it's like, just stop. Like you, I've been in a relationship for five years already. You know, it, whoever it is that's up there, bless us because five years is a long time in comparison to the all mm. 21 other relationships that I've had, which, you know, went from two years to being two days d- dependent. Mm. But she just, she took it really hard and it's it's been these five years that I've been with Heather. And now she kind of just, she lets it happen. She lets it happen, but she's constantly pushing back. So, you know, maybe it doesn't answer the question completely, but I- if I could take that back, she's the one person that I probably wouldn't have told. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And it sucks because I love my grandmother so much. Like, she lives a couple blocks away. I'm ready to go and get her some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it a, re- you, do you think it's a refusal
1: to accept? Or She's just, she's from the old ways. Yeah. So, you know, she was younger than I am now when she married my grandfather, rest his soul. And, you know, at my age, she had my father, she was working on her second kid and she's looking at me and it's like, well, you're not gonna have any of that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I keep, I keep saying it to them, you know, especially with my mother, because my mother at this point, she's just like, you know, throw hands up in the air, I don't care, just give me grandkids, <laughs> just give me grandkids. I I wish it were easier for some people. And I really, you know, I put it out there for people who struggle to come out, like the young kids that I meet in the street. And I know, like, you're going through some stuff, man. It's like, come and talk to me. It's, I'm open to everybody. If you have issues, talk to me. And I wish that more parents and communities would kind of, pull that a little bit closer to their hearts, not just follow what they're reading in a book that's been written. God knows how many times,
0: you know, I know things have changed. I mean, I think pose is probably the most, one of the most watched TV shows on cable at the moment. right? Love that show. Um, Game (laughs) of Thrones had queer characters on it. Um, Never
1: watched an episode. um, I see, I I just see, I just
0: see young people and things are, are so different, but what advice would you give? To young people, heck, why make it young people? Like to you know, anyone, older than yeah. anyone really. I,
2: I, be you. I, again, I was. I'm going to say, be you, but I'm also going to say, take your time. There is no timeline. No, and people mm-hmm. are going to pressure you. Just take your time. Whenever, whenever you feel like you're ready to come out, then you do it, and, and you can do what I, what I did. I went to my sister. I did little by little. Again, coming out as a series. Maybe I'm still coming out to people. I don't know. Um, but just take your time. Um, don't be afraid to seek help. Um, I'm gonna be very open. There was a time I called a suicide hotline. Uh, wow, that is the first time I've ever said that.
1: And I wanna cry for you right now because way back in eighth grade, I, I, I was just a, a tighter rope from actually, actually ending my life because I felt just,
2: mm.
1: I was a pariah, yeah. and I did not like that. So I you should never have to get to that point never. where you actually have that rope around that tree and I tried to kick that bucket out mm. but everything came down and I took that as a sign of I am meant to live I am valid yes you know me as a person my spirit, my soul, I, I am valid, it doesn't matter if I'm gay, straight, I could be a polka dotted purple elephant, yes. but I'm valid and my life matters. Yes,
2: and you have a print to make on, uh, on this earth. Exactly. And yeah, I, know. I feel you, I feel you, and I was there. And it was not anything that my family did, or any, anything, it was just what I heard from the outside, and it was, I didn't know how to communicate, and just, thank goodness, I mean, I think somewhere, remember AIM, AOL oh Instant Messenger. Yeah. I remember just finding like a, a, a group chat and it, the number was there. And I was like, you know what? Let me call this number. Um, and I spoke to a very nice lady. Wish I knew her name. And I just, she said, talk to me, baby. That's what she said. And I spoke. And she's like, everything's going to be fine. Again, you are loved. We hung up. And just that little conversation, I think it was maybe three minutes and it was in the middle of the night. And I remember like taking the house phone um, and to my room and and calling that number. And thank goodness for that number. I, I wish I had known about that sooner.
1: And, you know, it, it's circulating a lot on social media now and I'm actually really, really proud of some of these people who put it out there. Absolutely. You know, it's like, here's the number, call it. You know, don't don't wait for it to get to that point. You know, the point that I was at the people, the point that so many people, you know, have gotten to and they, yeah. you know, It's sad because some of these people have hurt themselves. You know, I've had friends who have committed suicide Mm. over this situation. And it's, if you had talked, you know, it it goes back to that song. I don't know how many people remember, How to Save a Life by The Fray. Oh, yes. You know, that one always hit really hard because it's like a little bit of time could change somebody's life for so long. Yes. You know, it's been almost 10 years since I graduated high school. And it's been almost you know what 15 now since i discovered myself hmm. i was ridiculously young and i have come this far and i wish that there are some people that were still on this planet to come out this far with us you right. know this is a journey we're all doing it
0: um i'm going to include in the show um the show notes and the article um those resources um to make sure for those who are listening um just you know go to the, the website and um click on the episode um button and they'll, they'll be located in the article. Um, but to turn that a little more on the up note, I just want to ask you guys what you hopeful for or what makes you hopeful?
2: I am hopeful that our country, though it has all its flaws and I don't want to get any like into politics right now. Um, I think we're in a, in a great trajectory to be honest. I mean, I think that people are more knowledgeable, I feel like we are more represented. Of course, there's always room to be more represented, but I do feel like we're on a, a, you know, an uphill battle, yes, but I think things are looking better than it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I am hopeful for our youth, um, that they know that they have people like me, and like you, uh, and Manny, and this podcast, and other resources that are there for them. Um, So I am hopeful.
1: I have a lot of hope (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) You know, like, like you said, we are on the up and up, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, when you're on a roller coaster, you're hearing those clicks and we're, we're clicking a level up every single time that, you know, we pass a new law or we put the whole thing with LGBT knowledge coming into our curriculums, you know, that's a big step. That's a really big step. It's, if this is a culture issue surrounded by fear, mm. I think that we should definitely be teaching our youth and teaching everybody what it's about. And I, I'm really hopeful for that. If we start to teach, you know, the minds that we'll be able to touch, you know, how many people will be spared for that? I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're like in 2050 years.
2: Mm. Yeah, I'm know? excited. I have
1: hope. I have a lot of hope.
2: Yes, I'm definitely. I have excited. faith in our country. <laughs> And our youth, the next generation of us, right?
1: As long as we train them right.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So we're going to end this episode with how I end every episode. Um, What are you guys excited for in Newark?
2: Well, there is something happening tomorrow at Branchbrook Park that I always go to. Uh, music in the parks. <gasps> I was oh, part of the Greater Newark Youth Orchestra when I was at Arts High School. Nice. And uh, it's partnership with the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. And tomorrow in Newark, Branchbrook Park, where we grew up, Manny, right? That yep. was our park. That's our park. Um, it's our backyard. Yes. And um, there is, is music in the parks. It's free. It starts at 730 um, I'm going to be there. Um, I'm really excited for it. Newark has great summer things, so go on their website, jump on it. Um, Newark is a city moving forward, and I love this place. This is, will always be my home.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my thing is completely unrelated. <laughs> you know, uh, I am very much engineering thoughts, <laughs> so I'm excited that Newark International is actually getting a facelift.
2: Yay.
1: Yes. Yeah, Wow. Yeah, they really are. And the plans look great. They're going to expand. It's going to be a little weird because it's going to be like, you know, MCO down in Orlando, Florida. You're going to have to take a tram out to your terminal to fly out. (laughs) But I'm really excited for that. We're going to be able to get a lot more people in here. We're also working on our cruise port out in Bayonne, Mm. which, you know. I'm going out a cruise on July 21st <laughs> to Bermuda on Celebrity Summit, which is exciting. Fan, fancy. We're trying to bring, you know, tourism to New Jersey. Yes.
2: Yeah. So
1: with New Jersey, you get Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And you have shopping, you have food, you mm-hmm. have experiences here. Culture. Probably more than anywhere mm-hmm. else. Like we said earlier, we are a melting pot in here. Mm-hmm. So if you do come to Newark, there's something for you. There's something for everybody here. nice. Yes, yes. I really do think so.
0: Um for mine I'm going to get a little sentimental here. Um oh. I um I'm coming out as a 30 year old. Uh, <laughs> I just turned 30 on Monday. Um Yay, Happy birthday. I'm old. <laughs> You're not but, old. But um the what I'm excited for in Newark uh what happened last Friday was um I have to f- thank two individuals in particular but there were many more involved. Uh, Anastasia and Samantha. Samantha, who's a creative consultant for this podcast, threw me um, a massive birthday party and everyone showed up. And I initially did not want to do a party. No, I wasn't against it, but I was like eh. <laughs> um, But to see everyone there and um, I was so verklempt that I couldn't even give a speech. Um, I had to write it up afterwards as like this long essay on Facebook, which some of you may have read. Um, it, was really long. <laughs> it was really long. It was
1: long. It was long. It was lovely.
0: Um, but it's, and I'm not excited about the fact that there was a party thrown for me. What excites me is that um, there is a community, and not everyone at my party was from Newark, but there were people who grew up in Newark who came back just for my party. Um, people live in New York City. And um, to see that kind of, it sounds cliche, but to see that kind of community just, in front of you is this large. It just creates this large movement that of emotion that swells up in you, and you can't really do anything. Um, you 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 don't have the words. You don't have the mental wherewithal to say anything. And um, that's a moment I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. Um, to 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 go into this new decade w- um, with with a nice send off from a bunch of friends. Um, really really got to me. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. That's it for this episode. I want to thank our guests Bella and Christian. This is Manny Antunes, host and producer of Pod & Market Podcast. Editing and sound engineering by Nick Sotomayor and Byphrase. Uh, podcast logo and design provided by Robert Conti. Additional creative input by Samantha Cateus. Pod intro and outro music by Dan Myler. If you have a subject you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com or contact the pod through social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm going to end with a quote from a very famous essay that came out in 1971 called by Merle Miller. It's called On Being Different. When I was a child in Marshalltown, Iowa, I hated Christmas almost as much as I do now, but I loved Halloween. I never wanted to take off the mask. I wanted to wear it everywhere, night and day, always. And I suppose I still do. I have often used liquor, which is another kind of mask, and more recently pot. Then, too, I suppose if my friends have been playing games with me, they might, see, they might with justice say that I have been playing games with them. It took me almost 50 years to come out of the closet, to stop pretending to be something I was not, most of the time fooling nobody. But I guess it's never easy to open the closet door. Thank you.